This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, helping take your leadership to the next level. My name is Sam, and this is the 99th episode. Wow. Coming up on triple digits. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by Richard. Richard, it's good to be with you again. Thanks, Sam. Your uh, your COVID uh, beard is shaping up nicely. You know, I thought, hey, why not? <laughs> you know, if you, if you got it, grow it. That's what I say. <laughs> That's not the only thing that, uh, that we're growing. Uh, this could go a lot of different directions, yeah, but... Uh, we actually got some baby chicks. That's right. Yeah, so we're we're counting counting down the months till we can get farm fresh eggs. You're turning my daughter into a farm girl, so that's <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah, so lots of fun. They've they brought us lots of joy. But hey, this is not about raising chickens or beards. Uh, this is about leadership. And uh, before we jump into today's topic, I thought it would be good to give you guys an update. We are, as I said at the top, this is our 99th episode. Next week will be our 100th episode, and that feels it feels like a milestone. It is. Yeah, uh, it feels like it's 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 we've been doing this for a while, 100 episodes. Uh, so we kind of wanted to do something special, um, and so we haven't we haven't never done this before, but we are going to attempt to do a live episode of this podcast, and instead of uh, doing it live at uh, I think it. I think these normally drop at 5 a.m. on a Tuesday. We're going to go live at noon on the Monday prior. So Monday, May 11th, we're going to be live on YouTube at noon. Um, and so we hope you will join us. Uh, we'll be uh, answering questions live, hopefully. And, uh, you know, you just get a chance to interact with us. I think we'll give away a few books. You've got uh, a few that you've written. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've mentioned it or not. <laughs> but, uh, we'll we, pro- but we have to get dressed for this because uh, we'll, we'll be videoed. I know. I don't know. No more sweats uh, <laughs> to the podcast uh, studio. So, uh, so we're, we're just really excited about yeah. this. And, and we really hope that you, our listeners, will be able to tune in, ask questions. Uh, and I think it'll be a really fun time. We'll try and give away a few books. And uh, yeah, so so May 11th, that's Monday at noon Eastern time. Yep. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. You can just search Blackaby Ministries and that'll direct you right to us. We'll also leave links for that uh, in the show notes of this episode. So, and then we'll, if you can't make the live one, then it'll air the normal time, uh, Tuesday at five. So with that all out of the way... <laughs> um, we are still in the middle of a great crisis uh, worldwide, um, here in the U.S. Uh, especially. Um, the the rates and, and numbers of uh, people who have contracted COVID is, continues to rise. Um, mm-hmm. For those who are in business, uh, the unemployment rate has reached levels that we have never seen. Uh, and, and, you know, what started out as... as perhaps just a health crisis is now just a an economic crisis uh there's just it's a level that that i don't know that many people thought it would get to and so um as a leader what do you do when the bad news just keeps on coming in and so we want to talk about that today and uh richard i suspect you have some some thoughts on the matter i do i want to talk about leadership in crisis and uh you know that's when leaders are most needed uh, when things are going great, when uh, everything's just humming along nicely, 
if the if the leader doesn't even show up to work that day, it may not, it may be fine. But uh, when a crisis comes, that's when every eye turns to the leader, and yeah. it's at that point you can't be caught unprepared. Um, you, you've you're that's when you're earning your keep, and uh, right. so I thought I just and of course these are just some basic principles, um, not necessarily anything you might not have heard before, but uh, I like just to highlight twelve things that that leaders do in crisis. Um, and just kind of walk through, it just seems like these days, as you said, uh, almost every day there for a while, it was another news. At first it was just, uh, you know, just maybe be careful about being around other people. And then all of a sudden flights are being canceled and then you, your other things are being canceled. Sporting events are being canceled. Borders are being closed. And it's just like day after day, it's like, wow, what, what else, what else? And, uh, now you, you can't meet in more than groups of 50 and then 10. And, um, and so what do you do when you're in a season where it just seems like bad news is coming in? And, uh, so a couple of things I, I, I would share. The first one is, I just say, begin by taking a deep breath. Uh, when, when someone comes in your office and says, did you hear that we're not going to be allowed this? Or they've just run out of uh, funding for small businesses and we didn't get any yet. And, uh, or they're going to restrict this or they won't allow us to do that. Um, and, and they look to you and they're waiting for the response. And they're in a tither. They're all upset and worried. Uh, and now they want to know what the boss has to say, what the, the pastor, what the leader has to say. A lot of pastors have had people come to them and say, they're, they're telling us we can't meet. We can't yeah. get together at church on Sunday. Pastor, what are we going to do? Exactly. Um, take a deep breath. Don't answer immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be brand new news to you as well. You haven't even heard the details yet. So I've learned, uh, and I've had sometimes where I've had even radio uh, people contact me by phone and tell me news I hadn't heard before. And then saying, what's your opinion of that? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> until you told me, I had no opinion because I didn't even know that was happening. And so I've learned from uh, some mistakes I've made in the past uh, don't immediately respond. You don't know anything yet. Yeah. Uh, I know it sounds awful, but, but take a deep breath, uh, pause. And because you can't be all upset, your people coming in the room may be upset. You can't be upset. Mm. If, if the guy in charge is upset at wringing his hands, then, uh, everyone else is going to be concerned. And so when you think about some of the great leaders in history, uh, they, they had a way of, uh, of just staying calm. Uh, I think George Washington was a great example. Everybody else is panicking and, uh, he just refuses to panic. He refuses to run and retreat, uh, wring his hands. He may be upset. Uh, he may know he needs to withdraw, but, uh, there's even a dignified way if you have to. And Washington had a way of doing that. Uh, uh Ulysses Grant in, during the civil war, at one point, he had an officer come running up to him and tell him that it had been a hor- horrendous uh, day of fighting and do we need to withdraw? And his comment was, withdraw? Are you kidding? Tomorrow we're going to lick him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there just had to be this kind of sense of the leader is not in a panic. And so if, if they're not in a panic, then we won't be either. So d- don't overreact. Get your facts. Oftentimes, the first news you get is exaggerated. It's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And so sensational. Yeah. So wait until you got more of the facts. A second thing I would say is just define the crisis. Uh, 
and and again sometimes a lot of what makes a crisis is everybody's worries everyone's fears of what might happen what could happen and as a leader you 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 need to be prepared for some what might happen but you don't you don't let what might happen necessarily direct everything with your organization i right. i would say at this people might come and say well they're saying that they're going to like not even let more than 3 people meet together they're, they're saying that you know husbands and wives will have to sleep in different bedrooms they you know they're, be able to see my kids uh, it's like uh, you know and you stop and you say but they haven't said that yet so we're not going to respond to what they might what they do. Might, yeah. Let's let's let's. What is what are the actual facts? Uh, and now we know how to respond. So we could run out of money if this thing lasts for a year and a half. But at this point, we're at, we're not at a year and a half rate. Right now, we still have some money. So mm-hmm. let's talk more about what we can do. Uh, what and and let's talk about what we do know. Uh, and let's let's define this. Right now, we, we may have to lay off uh, more of our employees. At this point, we only have to lay off this small number. And right now, we, we may have to start marshalling our funds uh, more tightly, but at this point, we can still pay these bills. And so let's get the facts. Um, th- that doesn't mean you're sitting still, uh, but, but that means you're, you're saying, I want to define what exactly is the challenge we're facing. Let's not fight against stuff that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's figure out what is it we need to respond to, uh, and let's, uh, let's address that right away. Um, a third thing, uh, very important, is just communicate. Uh, now, the problem sometimes is that we don't know very much. We're, we're still learning ourselves. So I, I know some leaders who will say, well, I'll communicate as soon as I have something to communicate. As soon as mm. we're going to make a, you know, once we've made a decision on how many people we're laying off or what we're cutting, uh, then I'll I'll make an announcement, and that might not be for another week. So for a week, everybody is dying waiting to know what you're going to do. I've just found that it, certainly in times of crisis, you need to be regularly in touch, and it, you may not have anything new even to say. Yeah. You might just more need to be just encouraging people to stay calm. Uh, just. I, I don't have any updates uh, specifically on what we're changing at this point. I just want to let you know we really do care about your distress and your concerns, and we want you to know that we value you, and we're we're doing everything we can to try to protect yeah. your job. I, you know, so I on. I think even if the update is, hey, we're doing what we can, we don't we don't know yet. You'll be the first to know when we do. Yeah, you know, like even that. I, I yeah. find is, is and is, maybe is they'll company. say we're the government has said that by this Thursday they'll be announcing whatever, and so we'll be responding as soon as that report comes out. We'll we'll have a, re, you know, in in some way even just a timeline to say you'll hear from us then. But but what that tells people is that you're working on it and right. uh, that you you do care about the fact and. And in organizations of any kind and any size, people sit around and talk and worry and fret, and uh, they they need to hear from the person in charge. Uh, a fourth thing that kind of goes with that is uh, just be visible. Uh, be visible. Don't don't seclude yourself back in the executive suite when there's a crisis going on. And you may have to go gather with your uh, direct reports and really hash out some stuff. But then go walking down the hallways, go walk the shop floor and let people know, hey, the boss didn't jump on his private plane and <laughs> race off to, uh, you know, the Caribbean to get out of this thing. <laughs> like he's right here. He's right 
at, at headquarters. He's walking the aisles. He, he can't necessarily talk to every solitary person, but uh, he's smiling. He's confident. He's uh, listening. He's noticing people. Uh, and uh, I, I found I had to do that sometimes. When I was a seminary president, I could get cloistered all day in my office on the phone, answering emails, meeting with various people. And uh, meanwhile, I've got people all strung around the facilities, all worried and wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, there were there were times they just needed to see me walking by. And you know, you you might as a leader actually be concerned and and so on, and you might have a reason to be concerned. But uh, there's times where you just need to have a look of confidence, a look of uh, peace about you. Uh, you don't have to be just necessarily slapping people on the back and telling jokes, but, uh, but you should look like, you know, things will be okay. One way or the other, you're going to get through this. And, uh, so you're not panicking. And, uh, and, and so I found that, um, be visible, uh, be walking about, uh, and, and it just sends, there's just something comforting in a time of, of distress, where you see the the boss, you see the leader, and he's mm-hmm. on the premises. He's walking around you. He's noticing you and speaking uh, to you. A fifth thing is just tell the truth. Um, I know sometimes we want to try to put the best spin possible on things uh, to yeah. try not to uh, ease people's worries and fears, uh, and that's fine to try to have a, a hopeful word to share, but uh, but but don't exaggerate things that are certainly not true. You're going to have to retract later when people find out that's not how it is. Um, don't say things that are worse than they actually are, but, uh, don't necessarily say things that are better than they are. Uh, you know, I, and I, I don't blame people, uh, at first, uh, people when, when COVID began, you know, were saying, well, more people die from the flu than from COVID. Well, from what we knew initially, that was true. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, but you want to be careful you don't downplay things uh, and make it seem very minimalized. Uh, you also don't want to make it sound like it's going to be the worst thing since the Black Death in the Middle Ages either. It's uh, you, you just want to say, this is what we know. This is the facts as of today. Uh, here's what I can tell you, and this is all true, and this is all that's what's happening uh, I can't really comment on that yet because I don't know. And yeah. you want to just be known as a kind of person that you may not tell people everything they want to hear, but everything you are saying, they know they can take it to the bank. Yeah. Um, and so very important just to be truthful as well. Um, and maybe at least just one other here for a break is just show compassion. Uh, you know, some people are just warriors. Some people are much more emotional. Um, and there, some people, I mean, I, like if there's going to be job loss, they're, they're much more likely to be on the cutting block than, than maybe you are. So th- there is fear and anxiety. And, uh, and, and you, you just need to let people know that you care about their concerns. Now, there's times where you can lose your patience. People, uh, and uh, I had to, I, I've had to work on this one because I'm just not, a, I'm not a, the kind of guy who just wrings my hands and says, whoa, or us. I, you know, I just don't, don't waste my time doing that. Like, let's just, we got a problem, let's fix it. But let's not just sit around, whoa, is us, this is awful. Uh, but you've got some people that tend to 
push that button. And, right. And I just want to, my tendency is just to kind of blow them off and just say, don't waste my time. Suck it up. You know, like, let's quit our crying. Let's get back to work. Let's, let's work this thing out. And, and I, there, in those, in these times, you do need to be patient with people. And, and, and some people have got a lot more at stake than, uh, than, than we might have. And, right. uh, you know, they, they may be facing some things. They may have a critically ill spouse or child or their medical could be a disaster if they lost that right now or you know there's just certain things that um is are going on and so you you want to um you just want to be you, you want to let people know you care and that you know that this if you have to have layoffs uh, you have to cut back here or there uh you you know that that's going to cost people and it and uh, and as a good shepherd of your organization you, you care about the people and, and they need to know you care about them and you need to know, they need to know it's not just about well we got to save the organization at all costs. So we're off with your head. We're going to just lose a lot of people. Um, no, you care about these people and you would, if you have to have layoffs, uh, it's going to, it's going to cost you, it's going to hurt you. And as fast as you could possibly get those people back, you're going to want to do that. And so communicate that. Don't just, don't just, what I tell people often is don't just feel that way. That may be how you actually feel. It doesn't matter if your people don't know you feel that way. Mm. So let, don't just care about your people, make it obvious to your people that you care about them. Mm. Well, I think that's a great place to take a break. And when we come back, we will look at a few more ways that we can lead in a time of crisis. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, We are going to be live for our 100th episode, and that's going to be on Monday, May 11th at noon Eastern Time, and we'll be answering questions live, we'll be visible, we'll be on video on YouTube, uh, having our 100th episode uh, filmed live, and we're very excited about this, and we hope you can join us. Uh, Again, that's Monday, May 11th at noon on YouTube. You can find us if you search Blackaby Ministries on YouTube. We'll also leave links in the show notes. So, Richard, we're looking at 12 responses, 12 actions that leaders can take uh, during a crisis or in response to a crisis. And uh, we covered seven before the break. And uh, so let's continue on and and look at how, as a leader, during a crisis, uh, we can take it to the next level. Oh, okay. Well, actually, number seven is, number seven. Here we go. is uh, take action, do something. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I, I would, I would uh, want to parse that a little bit to say, be careful. Some people immediately overreact. They immediately lay off too many people. Uh, they slash budgets too much. They, they lose their temper. They take drastic action. I'm not talking about major, broad, sweeping things. I'm saying as you know the situation, as you've defined the problem, uh, take take some kind of steps. It might just be very small steps uh, initially. Uh, I think with this COVID nineteen, uh, you know, there was most people didn't just immediately uh, commence all of their responses. They did it in stages as they knew more. Right. And so sometimes just even taking a small step, like with COVID, maybe you're sending in teams and just sterilizing everything. Uh, maybe you're just uh, implementing. Who, whoever can stay at home, why don't you just do that till we know more? Uh, let's, you know, let, let's, uh, we're going to, we're going to, uh, upgrade our zoom capacity we're, and get a you know, program for folks or, we're, you know, we're just going to, uh, sometimes it's, it's not huge. It's not a big deal. 
Uh, it's certainly not going to be a game changer, but the fact that you're doing something, it's, it's demoralizing when you're facing a huge crisis and it seems like days have, have gone by and nothing's been done at all. No yeah. response. And sometimes you can't do a huge thing. Like maybe you've heard that the government's going to be offering some money, but that's still a week away or so. So we, yeah, we can't do anything until the money comes, but, but what can you do? Right. What, what response can you do? And so I would say, even if you're just taking small steps, find something that just, there's few things that are more encouraging to people downline than knowing that, that steps are being taken of some kind, that you're doing what you can do. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, get out of your office and, uh, and make some things happen that tells your people, Hey, we're not just taking this sitting down. We're, we're responding with what we can do at this point. And every day we're going to do that as we know more. Mm. Um, an eighth thing is, is kind of related to that is get your people working on solutions. I, uh, I've been on a lot of uh, Zoom calls with uh, CEOs of uh, a lot of the big companies here in America over the last several weeks and uh, heard a lot of reports and people sharing what they're doing. And, uh, and I, I heard uh, from one organization, quite a large uh, national uh, company, and they immediately set up three uh, task force. Uh, one task force was simply in the, in the immediacy here of safety and, and response. Uh, what do we, what do we need to do right, uh, right now? Just to like, we, like triage, just to try to uh, address any of the major problems, crises. Uh, and then a second, a second committee was talking about, so moving forward here in the midst of this, what are some ongoing uh, programs and activities and and uh, adjustments that we're going to need to make uh, week by week here now uh, with staffing and financing and so on and uh, renting facilities, whatever else we're doing. Uh, sort of more of a, a day-to-day going forward until if this is the new norm for now, then what do we need to do to staff this and, and right. fund it and so on. But then they had a third committee, and this was a committee completely separate from the other two, and uh, it was for what? What do we? Do, how do we? How do we prepare ourselves for the future? So as soon as we're told you can now do this, you can now do that, uh, we don't. It doesn't take us weeks to figure out how to uh, re-enter into the work uh, force like we right, used to. Right. And uh, and they they intentionally did not want the same people on committees. They want each committee to focus specifically on their assignment and their problems and to address it well. And I thought, you know, that's great to even have a whole committee already saying, we will have a detailed, uh, well thought out plan ready to implement the day that we're free to do that. And so we won't waste a day. We're already getting everything sorted out. And of course it's in flux as we know more. And, uh, but with all the information available, we have a plan ready. And of course those are the kind of companies that will hit the ground running uh, once things open back up again. So, right. Uh, so get your people to get. Otherwise, they're going to be worrying and watching newscasts. Uh, get them working on solutions. And and typically, there's a lot of resources, a lot of great creativity and thinking among our people. So instead of them worrying about the problem. Uh, get them working on the problem. And of course, in churches right now, there's a lot of that that needs to take place. As, uh, right. Here in Georgia, we're being told that uh, you, you, with certain restrictions, we can start meeting again. 
But uh, boy, there's a whole lot of logistics you have to work right. out before yeah, you actually a... start doing that. And so uh, you, that's a great thing for churches to have teams working on to say, how do we keep our kids safe? You know, how do we keep our seniors safe? How, how do we, when do we do this? How do we seat people in the auditorium? When do we let them in and out of the auditorium? And a lot, a lot of planning that just needs to go into it. And so uh, get your people working on solutions. Otherwise, they sit around and worry about the problems. Uh, get them working on solutions. Uh, and then the next thing is just offer reasonable hope. And I heard someone say the other day in a call I was on, there's a difference uh, between hope and optimism. Sometimes you can just have kind of a, an optimistic attitude that's not based on anything except that you're just a positive person. Uh, it'll work just, out. Just trust me. Yeah, yeah it'll, you know, it'll work out. It'll be fine. Well, <laughs> why, will it be, why will it be fine? Why? I just know, yeah. Richard. <laughs> uh, whereas hope is based on facts. It's based on reality. Uh, I have mm. hope because that's why Christians have hope uh, for the life to come because it's not based on, I just hope it works out. It's that because, well, Jesus was raised from the dead. These are the promises that scripture has and so on. So, um, so, uh, be hopeful with people. Of course, we, as we said earlier, don't exaggerate, don't say things that aren't true, but, uh, but as you think it through, you're going to find that, yeah, there's a, there's reason to have hope here. And, uh, we will get through this. I, I'm confident of that. And so we already are working on this. And, uh, and find, so, finding those things in the future that you can hold on to, too, I think that yeah. that makes a difference. And sometimes like, when you've been a leader for a while and you've been through other crises, maybe never a crisis like COVID, but uh, you've been through 9-11 or you've been through other things, uh, even though they're different, you can say, you know, it's kind of like David when he faced Goliath. He'd say, I never faced a giant before, but I have faced a bear and have faced a lion. And I've and God helped us get through that. And I'm suspecting that God's going to help us get through this too. So, yeah. uh, there's reasons to have hope. Uh, and then the last three, uh, I would say certainly lean on God. I should have already listed this number one, but, yeah, um, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> but to second Chronicles 20 verse 12 under King Jehoshaphat, uh, there's a, uh, an alliance of their enemies coming and overwhelming them numerically. And, uh, they're, they're they just, they don't have the resources. They don't have the manpower to resist. And uh, and in that wonderful uh, verse, the people said, uh, we, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hmm. And I think sometimes with COVID, that's kind of what we would have to say. We're not sure. We don't know what to do. We don't know how long this will last. So God, we're just are keeping our eyes on you. And because you do know the future and you do know how long this will last and you do know what will work and what won't work. And so we're just going to have to ask you to guide us uh, step by step. Uh, and then uh, the 11th thing, and this is also kind of a, a bit of a challenging one, but uh, keep your humor. And of course, you know, I'm kind of big on that, but uh, you know, you have to be careful. Well, that, there's a difference between humor and puns. Well, I guess so say I think, that's the you know, ultimate. I think we need to sort of, <laughs> for the people, let's make sure we yeah, make that Yeah, so if you just share a pun every day, your people will be in they'll realize that there are worse things than COVID. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I, you know, you have to be careful. And we live in an age right now where humor is it's becoming more and more difficult to, to be humorous because there's always going to be those who are going to immediately tell you, do you know what the death count is today? Do you know any yeah. people were, were infected today? And, and here you are joking about that. Uh, and so you, you have to be careful with that because this is serious and there are lives being lost. There's, there's no minimizing that. 
But I would also say that, and we may just need to have a whole uh, podcast on humor, but I, I believe God gave humanity humor because it's how you survive difficult yeah. times when all the news is bad. And, and I've been there where in a dark, difficult, seemingly hopeless situation, and then someone makes some crazy comment and everybody laughs and you just feel the tension leaving the room. Mm, and yeah. you just feel everyone taking a deep breath and just thinking, you know, even as bad as things are right now, it is good to be alive and it's good to be with others and in this together with others. And and uh, there is a, a humorous side, uh, oftentimes even to some of the, the worst moments. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I... Um, there's uh, yeah, I, there's just lots of examples. I, I love the story of Hannibal of Carthage uh, when he was facing the Roman armies. At one point, uh, this massive, massive army. He's got maybe 40,000 men. The Romans have eighty to 100,000 men facing him. There, there's two to one almost odds. And uh, his men are shaken in their boots. And one man, Gisco, is just a foot soldier, and he's like, he's shaken, he's so scared. And he, and uh, Hannibal's riding by with his officers, he sees this uh, infantryman that's obviously scared to death. And he pulls over and he says, are you okay? And he says, and he looks out at all the enemy Roman soldiers and says, what are we going to do? They're <laughs> just like a sea of, of enemy soldiers. And and Hannibal looks at him and he, and he has a twinkle in his eye. Of course, he's going to have to lead an army half the size against the Roman em- uh, legions the next day. But he, he, said, he looks out and says, that is a very big array of, uh, of enemy soldiers for sure. He said, but do you know what? He says, we have one thing. He says, look out there. Do you see all those people? There, we have something none of those people have. And Gisco said, well, what is that? He said, we have a Gisco, which was that man. And, uh, and, and Hannibal and his men just kind of laughed and, and said, we've got you and we're counting on you. And uh, they went away. And of course, the great battle of Cani took place later that, uh, hours later, which was considered one of the greatest military maneuvers in all of history, where uh, an army about half the size encircled an enemy twice in size. Brilliant maneuver that's studied even to this day. But uh, here here they are about to go two to one odds and Hannibal is joking with the troops and letting them know, uh, don't be scared. It'll be okay. And in the appropriate uh, moment, sometimes I think just telling a humorous story, be careful what you, you have to be so careful in these times, uh, what you poke fun at. It might be poking fun at yourself. It might be just telling a humorous incident. But but when you do that, it lets people know this may be bad, but life's not all bad. There's still some yeah. good. There's still reason to fight this because life is good. It's it's worth living. It's worth embracing. And humor is kind of one of the ways we just, it, it, it's not making light. It's not saying we're denying reality. Mm-hmm. It's not that we just have to say, woe is me and, uh, and, and give up all hope. Humor actually says, I have hope. Uh, if I didn't have hope, I wouldn't be joking right now. But the fact that I'm joking says, as bad as it is, I still believe. And uh, and so I can I can joke about it. And then lastly, just uh, I kind of touched up before, but just keep things personal. Uh, sometimes we, we, we talk in terms of the organization and we got to cut costs for the organization. And so that means we're going to have to let a lot of people go and so on. And just realize that organizations are made up of people. And sometimes, although organizations are important and you have to take them into account, 
realize that the people, if you just talk in terms of organizationally, like we got to cut costs because we, the budget and this and that, right. um, people want to know that they matter, that you're thinking about them uh, and not just budgets and, and cash flows. Uh, you know, do you, cash flows are important to organizations, but uh, th- there comes a moment where people hope that you also care about them. And so uh, speak in terms of people as much as you can. Yeah. And recognize, acknowledge how it's going to affect them. It's not just about churches are going to have to adjust their services and we're going to have to adjust this and that and programming and live streaming. It's we're going to have to have people's lives adjusted. And so uh, always try to personalize your leadership and always think in terms of how will this affect my people. And uh, as you do that, uh, it's going to it's going to let people in crisis know that they matter to you. Hmm. And if they know that they matter, uh, they're going to worry less, and uh, they're going to trust you more. And in a, in a crisis, you want both of those things uh, to happen. So lot we could have a list of 50 things leaders do in times of crisis, but uh, these are certainly some things to be thinking about yeah. as you lead your people. I, I, I've heard so many wonderful stories of how people are leading in these times and doing a great job. Uh, but uh, great just to think about some of these 12 things to make sure that— uh, these are all your, you're, you're doing these as well. And, uh, your people will be, uh, blessed because you're trying to take your leadership. Certainly if you're ever going to take your leadership to another level, it ought to yeah. be in a time of crisis like we're in right now. Now's the time to do it. And Hey, we would love to hear from you as well. Like what is, what does your leadership look like? What, what stories do you have? Um, as you, as you listen in here and, and just write us a message if you, if you feel so led, uh, it's podcast at Blackaby. Dot org, and we'd love to hear the stories that you have of, of leading during these challenging times. And uh, with that, I think we'll bring this podcast to an end. And uh, once again, we hope to see you all live on YouTube on May 11th. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Eastern time. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.